Well, get back to work. This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 40, a little bit late, but back in the studio for the week of July 18th, 2011. I am David T. Cole, I'm here with Joe Reed, and we are Los Pollos Hermanos, and we're here with Ted Fucker, Tara Ariano. I fuck Ted. You hey. too. You too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that fucker gets around. He gets around. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, everybody. We're back in the studio after a couple weeks of special episodes yeah. recorded ahead of time. And speaking of special episodes, for this episode, to honor our Game Time for the Masses audience winner, oh. okay, who got 15 of our questions correct, that wow. was the top score amongst wow. our audience. That's going to be the top score amongst people in this room <laughs> also, I think. Their name, Miss Fish, Miss Fish, Miss Fish, will be used during this podcast as an indication of quality <laughs> and distinction. Hey, Dave. Yes. That's a Miss Fish idea. Thank you. Yeah. For example, this week's Breaking Bad was totally misfishing. Wow, was it ever? It was. Yes. Um, it was. It was off for so long. Yeah. I'd, I'd sort of forgotten about it until they did this the previously on Breaking Bad. I was like, wow, it really has been off for over a year. Yeah, I had did a quick like emergency catch up where I watched the last two episodes mm-hmm. of uh, the previous season on on demand, and you could tell that I was not the only one because the Time Warner quality of video on those oh. was struggling and I, I sort of chalked it up to lots of demand on the network no which, doubt yeah but i also appreciate that this episode did zero hand holding for oh, anyone who was for coming real. in yeah. forget it like if you if this was the first episode you ever saw you would have no idea what was going on yeah well and they really there was a lot of trusting the audience with yeah. just sort of walt and jesse spending the bulk of the episode sitting Mostly in silence. Walt did a little sort of ranting and raving. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesse was almost completely silent for yeah. the entire episode. Yep. And But you know, they've done such a great job of getting you to know those characters that you knew exactly what they were thinking at every single moment. Even yeah. when like Walt's saying one thing and thinking another. Yes. You know, because they're just such well-drawn characters. Which is why I thought it was great that this episode kind of took the time and effort to flesh out some of the other characters. Yeah. Particularly Gail. Yes, Oh. May he rest. May he rest. But but that whole, opening oh, wait, scene. Oh, hang on, just just so people know. Spoilers! Oh, 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 it's been two nights. By the time everyone yeah. hears this, the the episode aired three days ago. You you, if it wasn't spoiled for you on Twitter, I just want people to know. No, I understand. Okay. Um, also, that wasn't a spoiler. No, no, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't. Also, that music is really fun. So that's <laughs> fun ahoy! Um, so the you know the opening, the cold open where we we you know get a flashback, which yeah. again it's not called out as a flashback, even though it already obviously right. is. Yeah. But just seeing his excitement in the lab and the the detail of his lab notes notebook not only yes. ha- does it have lab notes stuck on it with like professional yes. label maker but yeah. the graphic that he's chosen is like lightning bolts like every detail of that scene let you know who that character was i remember thinking at the end of last season and this episode brought it back like with a vengeance watching the scenes where uh, he's in his kitchen and he's sort yeah. of like he's using the little like temperature gun yep. on the kettle and stuff yep. like that it's like wow this is so kind of precious but also infuriating that there's I got so angry that there was somebody this kind of pure in this yeah. world full yes. of meth that you just both like love and want to throttle him but at I think, once I, yeah it wasn't just his kitchen but his whole apartment like it was it, none of it life. was ostentatious but it was a lot of like this so is many who tchotchkes. this guy is like yeah. they took the Vince Gilligan took the effort Ugh. to yeah really think about who these characters were. And you saw it also in the scene where we, you know, excerpted at the beginning when Gus comes in, you know, doesn't say anything for the whole entire scene, but when you see him getting undressed, the, 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 the care that he takes, like folding his tie, you see, you don't even see him like clear. He's in the background, just, you get he gets it exactly in half and yeah. then he folds it and leaves it like that's well, and who it's this like, guy is. He's not putting on those hip waiters for no reason. Like right. there's a reason and right. it's not good. And no. yeah. 
and no, then he the, wasn't just going to help out with well, cut. and then the thing with the box cutter where you see the box cutter in the yeah. opening scene and like yep. whatever, like that's not well, a and new the episode device. is called box cutter, right? Exactly, <laughs> and it's not a new device, but man, like the show does such a great job of just like building dread and building dread, yeah, and. I don't know, it was really good. And I think the show also, I think the danger with a show like this when you have two characters is really great as Walt and Jesse are, and then an antagonist is great as Gus and mm-hmm. even Mike, and they're all sort of in their storyline. Yeah. The danger is that anytime you dip into Skylar or Marie or anything like that, it's mm-hmm. going to be like checking your watch time. Right. I think, for me personally, Skylar to one degree, but like Marie's maybe my third favorite character on the show, and I absolutely. Yeah. Love her. So it's like, so those characters being so strong too yep. really keeps the show from being like dangerously uneven. Right. Well, I think they had that moment in season three, especially with Hank, where it was yeah. sort of like he could have just been the cartoon antagonist where mm-hmm. it's like, he's just a big dumb DA guy. He doesn't yeah, even yeah. know what's going on under his, under his nose. Yeah. And then he had that moment of like, True heroism, uh-huh. followed by, you know, paralysis. Yes. <laughs> Didn't really work out for him. Right. But it it, 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 it redeemed his character so yeah. much. It was yeah. like, okay, now, you know, it did the same thing that I'm sort of talking, describing with Gail, where it's like, this yeah. is who this guy is. Yeah. And, and, you know, the scene that he was in this, in this episode, too, was like, are you buying another rock? I'm bidding yes. on another mineral. mineral. <laughs> you know, it's great. Yeah. Hank, I, I, I think Hank is a great character. Yeah. Well, and then you have the scene with Skylar where she sort of takes that next step down the road where now she's to the point where she's using her infant child yep. to con this poor, sweet little locksmith. Sure, sure she is. To let her into Walt's apartment for pretty much no reason. Like, he's not like, I guess you could say like she maybe expected like he was going to be dead Well, I think in there she was looking, like for, looking for some kind of clue. Looking for some kind was. of clue. Oh, yeah. by the way. But not knowing what she was looking for either. Right. You're, Wondering this, and it's just you know having a brain fart moment. But what was the significance of the eyeball? Had we seen that before? That was the thing like that I at the very known. beginning of season two, that thing showed up. I think in his pool or something. Before oh, we realized from the plane crash. Before we knew there was a plane crash. Remember how at the yeah. beginning of season yes, two there was all right. that like right. really ominous imagery. I was and just having this moment where I should remember. know what that is. I should, and then I was yeah. like, and now that's sort of like his with Battlestar Galactica, Colonel Ty, and I'm like this, uh-huh. isn't, this isn't working. Yeah, that's sort of his like. <laughs> totem for right. remembering yeah. that and right. you know carrying that guilt Got with them yeah you know i keep on waiting for the show to make a misstep yeah you know yeah. i kind of live like i love it to bits yeah i love it so much that i live in fear <laughs> that it's going to make that big misstep yeah. yeah and uh well what else do you have to I, I have one more big thought but i'm gonna save it to the end because i just realized like i need to package it well the danger especially if you're used to watching weeds which is very you know similar show but very yeah. different because it's a comedy like you know, obviously a show like that, because it's basically, you know, uh, other than people getting killed and so forth, it's a right. lighter show. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of Nancy, like, having near escapes and getting getting away with all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way this episode ended with them and, by the way, Denny's, which is where you go after you yes. finish disposing of a body, everybody. <laughs> Have some pancakes at Denny's. No, there's a product place. <laughs> I was going to say, that's really good product placement. you wash the hydrochloric yeah. acid off your clothes. Yeah. Grand Slam. Grand Slam. Um, that, you know, Jesse has that line where he's like, he had the opportunity to kill us and he didn't. He's letting us know if we're going to live, we're basically going to live in hell. Yeah. And you do, you know, as much as as a viewer and someone who loves the show and loves the characters, you would you might think... It's all going to work out for them some yeah. way. Like it's really <laughs> surely it's not. someone will come along and save the two Simpsons children. Exactly, like, but yeah. that, but you know it's not, and yeah. so then it becomes an exercise in like not how are they going to get away with it, but how are they going to? What's the what's at the end? What's of this the tunnel? end game? Right? Yeah. How do they? What's the, what's the end yeah. of this? Well, I think story the really smart thing that the show did uh, about a season and a half, probably midway through season two, was that it really just sort of decided that it was going to make. Jesse, kind of the shadow protagonist, where yeah. they could push Walt as far as they could push him because you had Jesse balancing him out, and Jesse almost became the good guy. Right. And now they're at this place where the other, the scene in Denny's, not only did it sort of establish where they sit in terms of Gus's pecking order, yes. but also with the two of them, and Gus wasn't there, but he was kind of the third point of their triangle. Yes. Like, wow, now we've all 
killed a man or two yep. in service of this fucked up business relationship we have here, where yes. Walt killed, ran over the one guy and killed the other. and Well, he killed the guy in the basement in season one, too. Right, right. But I, I'm even just even more specifically, like, within the last three episodes. Yeah, yeah. Just yes. like, and then Jesse, obviously, with Gail, and then right. poor Victor. And I just learned his name, and I stopped having to look up whatever the it hell his nice name was. was a nice performance. You know, he was, he was doing his best in yeah. his last hurrah. That was, but, that was good. Yeah. I didn't, I never, I didn't even know he had a name. Yeah. And then, uh, but you, so I feel like this season, my main concern is like, well, what happens to Jesse now that he's right. killed this guy? Well, that's what I, I mean. And where I, does he go? Like, how far does he fall? Right. Yeah. I mean, I said that out loud after the, in the diner scene, after Jesse's just said that line that I quoted where it's like, I said, poor Jesse, because he yeah. was out. He really was yeah. out. Yes. I mean, he had solved his life. Yeah. He wasn't happy. Right. But he had gotten out. Yeah. And then. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Three three touches I really enjoyed. Yeah, obvious one the Kenny Rogers matching T shirts. <laughs> yes, that they had to buy to replace <laughs> their like, bloody why, clothes. Why white jeans? Right, wherever they were shopping, they obviously had blue jeans. Why would you choose? to I like buy to think that jeans? maybe Mike took them shopping and that was his revenge <laughs> for them fucking up his day. That's my favorite Could thing be. about Mike is not not that anything is ever like terrible or reprehensible, or whatever. You just fucked up his day. You just right. really made him. Inconvenience. Oh, and the the nonverbal acting of him of that guy in that scene where he's like, "You're do- you, you don't you've never put a body in a drum, you dumb shit." Yes. Like, just so yeah, really. Until finally, it was like, "Fine, but I will you help noticed, you." If you noticed the moment where Gus slashed Victor's throat open, there's a look on his face, and that look reads so very clearly. Oh fuck! What have I gotten right. myself into? Yes, totally. And, and I like because I don't you know, know anything he's a about this season, but not like that guy. Right. And I don't know anything about where the season's going, but I guarantee you that's a direction where it's going. Yeah, where he's going to have to make a decision. I bet that's true. Yeah, that was my point number two. Oh yeah. yeah. So and point number three, <laughs> the very visceral death of Cookie McCookerson. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And before, and before that, the heartbreaking look of like, look at me, boss. Like, yeah. he's so proud of himself yeah. as soon as Gus showed yeah. up. Like, look, look what, what I I'm learned doing. how to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All Dude. right. Um, this is unscripted, but here we go. Okay. Dear Mr. President, <laughs> there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. I am not a crackpot, but I love Breaking Bad so much, I think it should hurry up and end. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. Five seasons. Think might I be live per- in fear. I live in fear that they're going to reset this show. Yeah. That something's going to happen, and the arc of the show, season by season, is that the stakes are getting higher and higher. They're getting enmeshed in this world deeper and deeper. Yeah. It's getting harder and harder for them to escape. Yep. And I really want to see this show brought to its probable, possible, terrible conclusion. Yeah. You know. And I kind of really worry that it's not going to happen that way. On your side is the fact that Vince Gilligan, who created the show, you know, voluntarily decided to take a year to prep mm-hmm. the se- this season rather than rush it and do a shoddy job. Yeah. So I think he's not he's not a um, David Chase, right? Who's yeah. just going to keep being like, "Well, you're going to give him Carter. more money," like for you know, partly because AMC doesn't have that much money to yeah. give, especially right. post Matthew Weiner's sweetheart deal. Sure. Yeah, um, but I think that he, I feel like he still has his hand firmly enough on the rudder that I trust him to just decide. Yeah, when, and, a, and when the story shows will that have he's absolutely doing the best for his character so far. Absolutely. So I don't think it's a case where I suspect he will. Mm-hmm. I'm just really hoping that. It won't happen. That I, they won't do that. I have a sub crackpot. Okay. I'm not a crackpot. I just think it took entirely too long for Skylar as Walt's wife to peel off the large sticker when she saw him in the driveway. As soon as that scene started, Tara was like, any woman would have peeled that off already. And then like three seconds later, she peeled it. Peel. Until he's and I was like, like it still too took late. too long. <laughs> too late. Still took too long. That the, to back me up, that was the first thing I yep. noticed as soon as that scene started. He still has the sticker. Yeah. Can I tell you my secret favorite part of that episode? <laughs> was Skylar trying, after she drove the car away three blocks, yes. trying to walk it home incognito with the fucking billowiest yeah. robe I've ever well, seen in my Well, you know what I think that, that robe was about? Yeah. And I was talking about this with Mark Lazanti yesterday. He uh, I, he said, is, is Anna gun pregnant? I think she probably is. Oh, that I would make sense. I think that's why yeah. sh- there was a lot of strategic... Yeah. 
hand over belly holding needless kimono clothes. As I said today, I would buy that. you're wearing a t-shirt and track pants and a bra. Yeah. Like you don't need the kimono <laughs> when you go to drive Walt's car three blocks away. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's, a, that's not even nitpicking. That was it was a perfect episode. Yeah. Yeah, great. Big thumbs up for me. This is like one of my favorite shows mm-hmm. like yeah. on TV slash ever. Oh yeah, ever. And that's Absolutely. why I have this love. It, I, I like it so much that I kind of like I say I'm also fearful of it. Right. And I really just want it to like (laughs) never, never. Now I'm fearful on your behalf. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now all of a sudden you put the fear in me. And (laughs) we should also add Joe is Joe recaps and has been recapping Breaking Bad for Television Without Pity. So we'll link to your recaps in the show Yes, please come read. Straight to the canon is going to be a quick show today. Hey, we're all back from vacation. We're all tired. We're sleepy. We got world grit in our eyes. We have so much stuff on our DVR, you guys. <laughs> so much stuff. Joe is bringing us our Candace mission this week. What do you got first, Joe? Yeah, um, well, it's uh, it's 100 degrees in New York this week. And don't we all <laughs> wish we could be out at the beach in yes. the Hamptons? Yes. Even if it means we have to be with the four malcontents of Seinfeld. <laughs> um, this is Seinfeld Season 5, Episode 21, titled The Hamptons. Um, probably best known as the shrinkage episode. Mm. Um, really? Because when I think of it, it the, it's always, you gotta, you gotta see, the, see baby, the baby. Which no yeah. one can mention a new baby without nope. me saying that line. Yeah, well, it plays in your head. Yeah, yeah. totally. Okay, <laughs> but we'll get, to, we'll get to that. We'll get to the shrinkage. <laughs> um, so basically, the plot of this is all four of them are headed out to visit friends of theirs who we've seen before. The whole yes. gotta see the baby thing yes. is like several seasons old. Yes. And by this point, they've had another baby right. that they also now have to yeah, go see. Yeah, she's friends with Elaine. I think she's one of yeah. like Elaine's seldom seen female friends. Well, I was going to say, the thing about Seinfeld is that they have all of these friends that it's pro- it's debatable whether they even like these people, but it's sort of just like... <laughs> the other people certainly don't like them. They have social obligations to them. Sure, and this one, of course, as do we all. And in this one, it works out in their favor because if they have to go see these people and see this baby that they're totally not interested in. Right. At least they get to spend a weekend in the Hamptons. Right. Um, That's almost a verbatim line from the It episode. is almost a verbatim <laughs> line. It's basically what they say and they say it straight out. And it's, yeah. yeah. Um, and then George is coming by a different car and he's driving with his girlfriend Jane, played by Melora Walters, mm-hmm. who you'll remember from Big Love. Magnolia, Big Love, lots of things. Uh, and George and Jane haven't had sex yet but he's figuring they're going away for the weekend. This is sort of a done deal. And But she's weirdly like not interested in mm-hmm. him at all. Like she's one of those girlfriends of George weirdly. that doesn't seem to. Well, no, no, not weirdly. <laughs> not, not so weirdly. He, that's a, sort of in fitting with him too. Is he tends to have girlfriends who don't seem to like him, right? Again, because he doesn't like himself, right, guys? Well, he's got to like himself. The first. more you know, you know. Also, yeah. the greatest love of all <laughs> is. That's true. Self love. <laughs> um, wait, what? what? No, uh, <laughs> he won a contest. So, <laughs> he did. Speaking of self love. Um, so they get to the the beach house, and George, of course, being weird and like whatever, is like, now I got to go find some Hampton's tomatoes. So he goes to like go to find a roadside vegetable stand to go buy some Hampton's tomatoes for his parents. And while he's gone, uh, Jerry and Kramer and Elaine wearing this hilarious sun hat. And then there's Maude. And then there's Maude, one of my favorite <laughs> random lines that I so can never great. remember where it's from. And uh-huh. Now I will from doing this. Uh-huh. Like it's from. Oh, then there's mom. So perfect. And so they're all sunning themselves out there, and Jane walks out to the beach, and all of a sudden Jerry gets up and he looks, and he goes, Jane's topless. <laughs> um, and well, this is interesting. What? Jane's topless. <laughs> yo, yo, ma. <laughs> Boutros, Boutros, golly. Nice rack. Come on, you go. You can come and see the baby now. Oh, uh, in a minute, Carol. Yeah, we're, we're gonna be right up. This is weird, wild stuff. <laughs> George hasn't even seen her yet. Why do you think we're getting the sneak preview? Well, maybe she's trying to create a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line so much too. Kramer, for as much for as much as he's sort of lauded for that physical comedy, can come in with a really unexpected line delivery that yeah. just sort of like knocks you down. Um, 
So after that, they all decide that they're not going to tell George because obviously George being George, George being George, you don't want to tell him. And so Jerry and Elaine go up to see the baby and they get one look at him and it's the most hideous, ugly baby <laughs> they've ever seen. And of course, we can't clip that because the whole thing is it's in all yeah. Julie reactions. Dreyfus's reaction to that. And the look on her face is it's the greatest tragedy of, of an audio podcast. <laughs> it's that, really true. Those facial expressions cannot be captured. Uh, and not only in that so scene, good. but there's later when Jerry comes back in and he's like, whoa, like it has this nonverbal like he's forgotten about the baby well, and then it's like well and then when Jerry and Elaine walk out and they're back out on the porch and he's like bent over and like hands on no, his knees no she is yes yeah, because when yes. that scene happened we were watching it today I was like that's where I got that from <laughs> that's like one of my moves he's got one arm up against yeah. like he's leaning against the door against the yeah. wall yeah but yeah um, and then they uh, they she gets called into the room again a second time when uh when the Their doctor, doctor, doctor Ben Fafa, yep. um, is there, and Carol is trying to sort of fix up him and Elaine, and Elaine likes him. Yeah, um, this is Richard Berge. He's been in a billion Late, things. Later of Desperate Housewives, where yes. he played Susan's first husband. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so Elaine's trying to get a date and trying to sort of like make eyes at him without looking at the baby because the baby is still so making gross. her sick. Yeah, and uh, so and but so the doctor uh, compliments Elaine and says she looks breathtaking, and of course she's very flattered. Yes, and but then she looks at. He looks at the baby and he calls the baby breathtaking, which right. quite the conundrum. Yes. Um, and quite the frustration for Elaine. So George gets home and even though they all decided they're not going to tell him, nobody told Kramer and Kramer just sort of like bounds into the house. Yep. It's like we saw Jane Topless. Yep. Um, he has a great line about like, she's got a great she's got body, a great body, buddy. buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and George being George freaks out and decides that to uh, even things up with Jerry, Jerry, uh, that he, Jerry has that great line about, well, how good a look did you see him? And he said, well, if it was a police sketch, if it was a police sketch artist, she'd be picked up in 20 minutes. minutes, (laughs) Um, But so George decides that to even things up, he should get to see Jerry's girlfriend, Rachel naked. Now, Rachel hasn't shown up yet. She's the rare Seinfeld girlfriend who's in more than one episode. The rare Jerry girlfriend who's in more than one episode. I think in either the episode previous or one of the episodes previous, she was the one he was making out with during Schindler's List. And they refer to that in the episode. They oh right, they do. Yeah, yeah, Um, making out during Schindler's List, which was a great one. Um, And she again, for very understandable reasons, doesn't seem to care for George. Um, which again, like I, it's almost surprising that that didn't happen to all of Jerry's girlfriends because (laughs) why would you? Um, so George now has decided he's going to try and engineer this walk-in where he walks in while she's changing and he tries and he's thwarted. And then of course the ironic flip is that she ends up walking in on him naked. Which is Miss Fish. Uh, (laughs) this is a Miss Fish scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it turns out thus. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm sorry. I thought this was the baby's room. I'm really sorry. I uh, what I love about George is he can't have a simple plan. No, <laughs> it, no. it has to be very wild e coyote esque. Yeah. It has to happen at certain times. Yeah. Very specific things have to happen. Yeah, and, he's a liar, but he's such a bad liar. Yeah. Reminds <laughs> us of someone that we know. <laughs> we'll not mention. So he's so clear. Now we're at two uh, into shrinkage, and and Jerry explains the whole situation, or George explains the situation to Jerry. And Jerry said, well, there was shrinkage. And they have this Seinfeldian thing where they talk about a thing yes. about, without talking about the thing. George feels he's been shortchanged. He feels he's been shortchanged, yes. Uh, when all that it could be is all that it should be and more. And more. Um, so they pull in Elaine and they ask Elaine, well, have women heard of shrinkage? Because George is worried that Rachel's going to tell Jane and Jane's yes. going to get a misconception about George. And so they pull in Elaine and they try to ask her if women know about shrinkage. And she doesn't, of course. And then she has that fantastic line, which is, I don't know how you guys walk around with those things. <laughs> um, so then at dinner, George sees Rachel and Jane kind of like whispering and having like, you know, secret in-jokes. <laughs> yes. And of course, ratchets up the paranoia even more. Which, But he turns out to be right. He does turn out to be right. Because Jane um, well, takes off in George. the middle of the night. <laughs> that's the thing about George is he's weird and neurotic and paranoid and... and diabolical but he's not always wrong yes um so but they're at the table and so george is trying to make a make a point again about shrinkage about uh in regard to his t-shirt and this great line <laughs> with, from elaine that I and the t-shirt he's wearing yeah the t-shirt he's wearing is i forget it's even dumb, what it like says. It, it, my parents went to florida yeah. oh right my parents went to 
floor, yeah. and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. And with it's like the, three sizes text, too small. Like, and it's like have... salmon colored. Yeah. It's yeah. like a perfect. Bird. And it all yeah. comes back to the parents with George, doesn't it? Yes. Like, yes. So there's this. See, look at this, <laughs> Rachel. My T-shirt shrunk. It used to be much bigger, and now it's shrunk. <laughs> See, that's what water does. It shrinks things. Really? Tell us more, Mr. Science. That's maybe my favorite Elaine, is huh. needlessly bitchy and dismissive Elaine. You guys both like, like that line. I just thought it was only okay. <laughs> um, so after that... It's because uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't understand science. Oh, that's <laughs> probably why. Or sarcasm. Because you're a girl. true. Right. Yeah, you're right. a girl. Um, so while this is all going on, Kramer has been frolicking at the beach and has come upon... Uh, this lobster trap, so he decides that he's just going to take it home with him. <laughs> and it's sort of the conquering hero when he cooks up lobsters for everybody, um, not knowing that their host, Michael, uh, had a father who was a commercial lobsterman and came home every night stinking of brine, so yeah. he has this uh, ethical objection to it. But in the meantime, everybody's loving the lobster, except for Rachel, who can't eat it because she's kosher, so she can't eat shellfish. Yep. Um, and Kramer really likes that because it makes her very pious. Yes. When and he says she'll, she'll get special consideration right. after she dies when she goes to heaven. Yeah. Um, so while after the dinner... Out on the porch, uh, under the stars, Elaine is going to try and make her move on <laughs> Dr. Benfeld. For my money, I think this is the best scene. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. yeah, me too. Some night, huh? Yeah. I wish I had my telescope. Some dinner, huh? Yeah. Nothing like really fresh-caught lobster. Some house, huh? It was built by Mark Farnham. <laughs> he built a lot of these homes here. Some ugly baby, huh? <laughs> what did you say? I said, uh, some snuggly baby. <laughs> <laughs> he is something, huh? Well, to tell you the truth, Dr. Pfeffer, I was, I was surprised to hear you use a word like breathtaking to describe a baby. I mean, because you also used it referring to me. Well, you know, Elaine, sometimes you say a thing like that just to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the and that's look the on end of the face. scene where Elaine, like, hmm? um, there. Most of the time, I tend to feel like Jason Alexander was the stalwart actor on the show, and certainly, I think George is the classic character on Seinfeld. But Julia Louis Dreyfus makes a case for herself. She's such a skilled comedic actress, and she. That line delivery on some ugly baby is... Yes. Mwah, and perfect. listen, if you avoided uh, the new adventures of old Christine because you hated did. watching Ellie and because you knew there was a kid in it and you thought that would make it terrible, yeah. it's on in syndication. I, I'm not, give it a shot. I think it's I may. It's really funny. Yeah. It's a really funny show. Even yeah. Dave has been mm-hmm. in the room when not it's bad. been on. And yeah. You like Clark but she, But, but, but she's talking great. about her comic timing... Yeah, in that show, I mean, there's a lot more for her to do, obviously, because yes, she's the lead, she's the right? Lead. And yeah. that she she does very well with it. Yes, sure. if you liked Elaine, you would probably like yep. the New Adventures of Old Christine. Yep. It's a very funny show. Yeah. So uh, then, into the home stretch, uh, where Rachel admits to Jerry that she did tell Jane, and then cut to Jane packing her things and leaving yep. in the middle of the night, which makes George even crazier. Um, and, and even then, Rachel is kind of shocked. So she didn't do it yes. to be mean. No, she she's, didn't do it to be vindictive. Of, yes. She was she's surprised. She didn't feel like it was as big of a deal as clearly Jane. Does. <laughs> 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 right, she said. Um, and then in the middle of the night, Rachel tries to sneak a taste of the lobster because everybody was going on and on about it. And Kramer, of course, is like sitting in the darkened kitchen, like flicks on the light, <laughs> yep. and uh, tells her this is a mistake that she will regret for the rest of her life, and sort of talks her down off of the uh, kosher breaking ledge, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, and then the next morning, George is sort of like up early making everybody eggs, sort of belying the uh, obviously how angry and disheveled he must be now with. Jane having left, but it seems like everything's blown over and he's making eggs and everybody's happy and Rachel comes in, thank you Kramer for (laughs) keeping me from making a very big mistake and George offers her... She's even nice to George. She's even nice to George and he's even nice to her. He offers her some eggs and uh, and then all of a sudden sort of the curtain peels back and the true nature of George Costanza is revealed. Hey, look at this guy. Ah, Little breakfast? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you eat eggs, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. These are delicious. Where did you learn to make eggs like this? Mm. These are so good. Oh, 
And do you like them? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. <laughs> you know, you might want to try eating it with one of these. There's lobster in these eggs? Not that much. You know, they tend to shrink in the water. Well, I guess I gotta go, too. <laughs> well, I would have Oops, sorry. So that reveal, I should have mentioned when he's like, you might want to eat these with one of these. He's holding up a lobster, a lobster bib. bib. Um, that ending always makes me think of... Do you ever see the South Park episode with Scott Tennerman? Where yes. Cartman makes yes. Scott Tennerman eat his parents? Um, that always reminds me of that because it's so, like, shockingly kind of cruel. Yes. Like, it's not making her eat her parents, and but I, it's like... And untakeabackable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. And it's just like, and it's from such a seemingly, uh, it's the imbalance of, like, punishment to crime, kind of. Certainly more in South Park. This yeah. is a little bit more Well, level. you're saying... But you're, he's going after, like, her deeply held religious beliefs. Yeah, exactly. And you were saying earlier about, you know, like, George and how sometimes he's right about things. Yeah. And usually when it's right, right about things is about people's, you know, dark nature. Yeah. You know, because he understands that. Yes, he does. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, George is better when he's sort of just tapping in to that part of himself yeah, you know yeah, yeah. well this and, is a bridge too far i mean usually the george things are very larry david-esque yes, you can yeah, definitely see george gonna, aspects yeah. in mm-hmm. in yeah. larry on curb Your enthusiasm but i'm so glad you brought that up yeah because i thought the, i thought the same analogy and the also <laughs> the other one where they like the famous story of one of mel gibson's quote pranks unquote on the set of signs oh no that joaquin phoenix was vegan and he like sneaked him meat in a smoothie or some damn what thing. What an asshole like, that guy is. Seriously. <laughs> even back then when we right. didn't know the extent of it. Oh, but it's not, you know, it's like to any, yes, it's not a great thing and it's not a huge thing in the grand scheme of right. the world, but you know. Well, but Seinfeld it's pretty, also. It's kind of monstrous. Seinfeld never operated on the grand scheme of the world anyway. They always no, existed on in a this micro really small level. micro level. Yes. So on that level, George sort of pushed out to the edge on that one. It did right. pretty much the meanest thing you could do to somebody. It's pretty mean. Um, and then so after that's the, you know, the sort of denouement, like Kramer gets arrested for yeah. lobster poaching. and Yes. Gets uh, sentenced the same day somehow. Rachel catches a ride with Mike and Carol home and she... Uh, Throws a tomato at George from the fruits from the vegetable stand, and that's the whole episode. And Jane is never seen and Jane or heard is from never again. Never seen or heard from again. Left to go back to the Upper West Side and tell tales of George Costanza's tiny penis. Yes. So um, I feel like, as you know, the best Seinfeld episodes sort of tie everything up. All the storylines kind of tie into each other, and this one was more causational than coincidental where like the Jane thing led into the Rachel thing which led into the shrinkage thing Um, but like the lobster thing which seemed like such a tangential plot for Kramer sort of went around the back and sort of tied into everything really well the only thing that felt uh, like a standalone was the uh the Elaine and Dr. Ben Pfeffer plot. Yes, but, but even in that, they throw in, he gets one last breath taking at that breakfast yes, scene. Yes, yes, the eggs were breath Yeah. <laughs> and they show her sort of like biting angrily into, into her a, orange Into wedge. a grapefruit or whatever, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, again, like I said, Elaine's horror at the at the baby is just, it's fantastic stuff yes. from her. Um, and not as much sort of New York minutia as you get in the best Seinfeld episodes, which, again, living in New York now has really given that show a second life for me, where mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are very 90s and very much, like, not of right now, but still there's enough of that, like, yeah. this was a show that really knew its setting. And, um, again, just that mod line kills, that Boutros Boutros Gali <laughs> line kills, and some ugly baby like this... A lot of my favorite Seinfeld callback lines are from this episode. Yeah. Um, it's very, it, I find it very relatable, you know. Not that I know anyone who has ugly babies. Not at all. All, all the people I know had gorgeous we babies. Love the cute but I have heard yes. it, it, that some people have come across less attractive babies in their time. Do you time. think this episode made parents really like self conscious at the time? <laughs> and it was like, what if my baby's the ugly baby? I wouldn't even Because they know. say in the episode, no one will no ever one will tell ever them. Tell and you. it's true, no it's one true. ever will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the great, the moment that we already talked about of Elaine coming out and just like planting her hands on her <laughs> legs because the baby is so ugly. It like Winded knocked her. the wind out of her. Yes. So great. Excellent yeah. like physical choice for Julie Louis Dreyfus. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the super 90s ness of every outfit that she wears in this episode yeah. was like really took me back well and talk about physical choices when uh rachel walks in on george 
And his yes. shorts are down around his ankles, yes. and he can't do anything. And he's just screaming. I was in the pool, was and the his pool. arms are doing like the shaky, shaky flap yes. thing. It's so funny. It's great. Yeah, it's a it's a great episode. I w- I went through sort of a cycle with Seinfeld, where I you know I watched every episode when it was first run. Obviously, when it yeah. came on in syndication, I watched them again. They're, I've probably seen every episode of Seinfeld. Well, the syndication times. sort of was an aggressive onslaught of like. Well, it was, it was on, on a bunch a of channels. Of, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but now I'm coming. Like it's I had to let it lie fallow for. Yeah. I'm gonna say like almost probably 10 years That's, before I could watch the reruns again. Yeah. And then a few weeks ago, we saw the one where George is a hand model. <laughs> And that's another great one where you, it's sort of like, it's under the radar. Yeah. That's it's because it's also the puffy shirt, yes. which is the one, the plot line that everyone remembers. Right. But I love yeah. George as the hand model. Yeah, and, it's really good. Um, but yeah, this is, this episode has something good for everyone to do. Not too much Kramer. Right. Great Jerry being very dismissive about his girlfriend and not really caring about anybody. And, yeah. and uh, Elaine doing her bad flirting. Yes. Um, yeah, this is a very good episode. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I didn't really appreciate Seinfeld to the degree I do now until after I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm, which yes. is like Dave's uh, yes. version of Seinfeld. Sure. You know, it's like the mean spirit, the even more mean spirited version. Right. Because it's just the, it's just George, you yeah. know? Um, so I'm not in the bag as much for Seinfeld as, as, as a lot of people are. I do enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with it. I like it. You know, right. It's got some really right. iconic moments and mm-hmm. great lines and everything. Um, but this, this, this is like one of the most curvier and, enthusiasm-ish Seinfeld yeah. episodes, like you were yes. saying, with the really harsh revenge, uh, you know, ugly babies that are super ugly. This yes. is the kind of stuff that really they brought to the forefront yeah. in, in Curb, which I really, really enjoy. The only pro- difference probably is if this were a Curb episode, Larry would say the baby is ugly. Yes, exactly. He would tell someone behind their back and it yeah. would get back to them. That's yeah. how this but would that's, go if but, it were Curb, but yes. But this is why I really enjoy this episode, yes. is because it is pretty mean-spirited, and uh, you know, and it's just chock full of really good stuff. That the the scene that spends a good minute setting it up, some ugly baby. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Like that's great. Like yeah. they took their time with that. That's like classic comedy. They layered yeah, yeah. it well, yeah. and then bam, they did it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think there's there's much. Uh, there's not a lot to to really you know uh, dislike about this episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying yes, Tara. Yeah, yep. All and right. Joe, are you gonna vote for yourself? I think I am. <laughs> All right, Seinfeld, uh, Season 5, Episode 20, The Hamptons. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Great Canon. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. It's time for Winner and Loser of the Week. And Joe, who is our winner? Uh, winner of the Week is the great uh, and now departed television program Friday Night Lights. Uh, I need to talk about it yet. <laughs> it's I finally finished I had I've had the DVDs sort of sitting on my uh desk for a while and so I could have watched the entire season before it started airing on NBC and I've been parceling them out and sort mm-hmm. of even slowing it down to fewer than one episode a week because I really didn't want it to end the trick is to take tiny little bites yeah <laughs> and this weekend I sort of like there were four left and I was just like all right I just gotta swallow that pill and uh and I watched it and it was fantastic and just sort of for a show that was Low rated and felt like always under celebrated. This week it got a really nice send off. Uh, had the big the Grantland had the oral history on it, yep. and the all had the great piece by our wonderful by our friend, friend Sarah Sarah Blackwood, which mm-hmm. is so great. Um, and it got its first ever Emmy nomination for best drama. Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton were also nominated. So uh, really good send off for a really great show. So mm-hmm. and Tara, who is our loser? Our loser of the week is middle-aged men who have one less place to see their angst um, played out on television as men of a certain age has been canceled from no! TNT. Dave, I know. It's I didn't so hear about this at this very moment. For you to... Wait, I have one question. Yes. What age are they talking about? <laughs> 39 or older? Older, I think. All right. I'm good. So your your experience will still play out on televisions. Um, and so will those of most you know, affluent 50-something-year-old guys. I, I don't feel like Look, I'm, they're the underrepresented on television. This isn't a world for straight, white, <laughs> middle-aged men anymore. Excuse me, Andre Brower is black. I feel so. like... Well, okay. Fine. Straight, middle-aged, television <laughs> veteran men <laughs> who like to talk about things. I never watched the show. No, neither. Um, but, uh, <laughs> apparently it's good. It, so. Apparently it was. I'll probably never see it now because no, it got canceled. 
All right, guys, it's time to look at the rest of the week. B.D. Wong becomes the latest casualty of what we can only assume is Law & Order SVU's misguided austerity. We lose him but gain Diane Neal. Nope. Morrissey has started to have fans search for meat products before his shows and then placing offenders outside the venue, proving that meat is Herder. <laughs> nope. Earwolf Productions, home of Comedy Bang Bang, signs an exclusive deal with Funny or Die, bringing us ever closer to the realization of a dream, a web series starring Bob Tuca. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the Primetime Emmy nominations feature 11 extra winners. Yeah. And finally cave to years of Joe's badgering by recognizing the hosting genius of Cat Dealey. Yeah. Unlike Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake, Betty White ignores an invitation to the Marine Ball. Rappin' Granny hates America. Nope. Lady Gaga and Bette Midler had a short-lived Twitter feud over Gaga stealing Midler's idea for a mermaid in a wheelchair bit at a concert. Everything's fine now, but for a second there, we stood <laughs> one bitchy Carol Channing comment away from complete gay civil war. <laughs> nope. Hoarders has shown us months-old soupy food residue, dentures lost in piles of rubble, and countless mummified cats, and yet, this week's episode has somehow beaten them all with Randy's Tupperware container of his own hair. (laughs) Jennifer Lopez finally puts a stake into the heart of her seven-year marriage to undead crooner Mark Anthony. But they still plan to co-host a televised reality competition show together. Nope. Awkward. Remember the backlash to the Rebecca Black backlash when she seemed like a sweet, normal kid in interviews and you felt bad about the visceral hatred you felt for her single Friday? Well, she's released another single, so that's over. Nope. Hey, guys, the John Carter of Mars trailer debut. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, tub of hair that happened? Yeah. Yes. He, like, saved his hair from when he gets haircuts. I don't know why I find that so funny. It was hit. It was so disgusting. It was really gross. Where's the little hoarder's chung chung when you need it? <laughs> yeah, it was really a misfish moment. Oh my god, you guys. it was a, it was misfish to the extreme. <laughs> Tubbs a bear, totally misfishian. <laughs> oh my god. Uh oh, Dave oh. broke. He didn't even see it. <laughs> there you go. Do you know, time guys. It's game time. It's game time. Let's do this. Wow. The weirdest thing sometimes. Who knew? Even after 16 years, sometimes you really surprise me. All right, back to business. Sober. It is the first round of the new game time season, guys. This week, we're playing... Say you're going to get your answers to our second Game Time for the Masses, our collection of fictional languages from Hollywood. All right, you guys have made your decisions. Yes. Uh, you're sticking to I've, whatever you I've, have. It's we printed can't repeat right here. the mistake yep. we made last time. No, we can't. Which was my mistake where yes. I let you change your answer at the last moment. Yep. <laughs> so here mine. we go. And yep. again, uh, Miss Fish, one amongst our audience members with 15 correct. And we have so 20, impressive. I'm sure I will not, not even not touch that one. Mm-mm. So, uh, yeah. And uh, Strega, our friend, Strega, was second place with 14. Wow. wow. Nicely done, Sue. Yeah. Okay. Susan. So here we go. Uh, you guys can uh, decide who answers first. Um, I'll, take, I'll leave it to I'll you. I'll take odds. You take evens. Okay. So here we go. Number one. Yamani there's number one. What do we think that is? Oh, I'm taking it off. <laughs> uh, I think that's Hutties from Star Wars. Mm, I was, was going to say one of the new Star Wars movies. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, uh, just um, point of clarification, I am accepting the this, this series. Just the franchise name. Yes, yeah. so Star Wars is fine for Return of the sure. Jedi or Phantom okay. Menace or whatever fancy. we have. Yeah. Um, nobody got Wars. this right at all, except for Strega in a last-minute answer change. That was Edgar the Bug from Men in Black. Oh, Here. the Vincent D'Onofrio character. Yeah. All right, All right. here we go. Number two. Matsute Kempesinga. Avatar? Yeah. Okay. Tara? Yeah, I had that too. Okay. All right. Sounds like we got to win. Nanu. Nanu. Our easiest one, I think. Mork and Mindy? Mork and Mindy. Correct. Tusendi Honkabi no Bakan. My boyfriend, Bib Fortuna from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Oh, it is? I'd write as the last arc. Mm. Thought it might be Hovitos. 
Oh. Um, for a bonus point, the language is... Oh, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> uh, think about it. Bib Fortunese? Fortunese? No, it's Hutties. Oh, that's in Hutties. the court of Jabba the... Oh, I see. I yeah. get that now. I get yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, that was that, that was a tricky one. Yeah, a lot of people thought Men in Black was Jabba the Hutt. Uh, I see. Mama, where are That's you. I thought I was Tara. Your answer. No, I don't. Oh, I and thought... that was number six. So. Oh, I thought oh no, it was wasn't. One. I crossed the wrong one. I did have an answer for that. I had uh, Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. I had Star Super Trek too. I Let's maybe, keep up, shall we? I sorry, thought it sorry, was maybe sorry. Klingon from Star Trek. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. That was Dothraki from Game of Thrones. Boo. <laughs> I like that we were you wrong at the same it. time, though. No, what I'm are you booing for. Because I got it wrong. Oh, all right. I don't like That's to get things enough. wrong. I thought you were booing the show. Dosh. Chonta. There. I oh. don't have anything, but is that Christopher Lloyd? <laughs> it is. is it? <laughs> I don't have anything either. Oh. Christopher Lloyd, Star Trek. He played a Klingon in Star Did Trek. Did he really? I didn't know, know this. Oh I, don't, well, I don't know Star Trek at oh, all. Oh, my goodness. All right. We need a score break. This is I, a I have three. I have two. All right. Star Wars. Gremlins, as I said. That was Star Wars. And uh, what was it, Tar? Do you know Ewok? Who? No, Jawas. Jawas. Oh. Jawas, I suppose. Oh. All right, here's one nobody got. Anybody. Not one correct answer. If you get this, I will give you five million points. That's a con- the gunshot's probably a context clue only if you've seen uh, this movie. No, this was my Gremlins if the other one was That was gremlins. a good guess. But. Yeah. That's what I had too. Very good guess. The answer is Critters. Oh, Critters. Oh, okay. okay. The off-brand Gremlins. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what do we think that one was? I have the fifth element. I had my favorite Martian because it sounds old. Incorrect, both of you. That was the Ferengi from Star Trek. Uh, Here's my favorite one from this. I think I got this one right. By special request, my nephew put this game together. (laughs) I said, this one's got to be in here. I like it. Nell. That's what I got, too. That's correct. It is Nell. This one was definitely the one most people thought was on the tip of their tongue, but yeah. couldn't place it. it. Drove, I know you it said that, Joe. Me, it drives me crazy. A lot of other people that said that, too. So what do you got? I have Doctor Who. My guess is Buffy Angel Universe, because oh. I know that I know it. Incorrect. It is from the movie Stargate. Mm. Wow, I've seen that, but it... I don't. It's weird that it would be so Egyptian in my mind. Huh. Space dude, okay. let's say. This is my fifth element guess. Really? Shit! Nice! Sorry, what did you think it was? I had Medicine Man. I thought they might have made up some kind of <laughs> fakey. Fakey. I, th- I was Rocco doing it based language. on the voice. Yeah. All right, score break. Tar. I have four. I have five. Oh, oh, unexpected. All right, yeah, here we go. Best. Uh, we all remember this from the last podcast, don't we? If you don't, you didn't listen all the way through to the very end of the podcast. But here is the clip, the next clip. like Jaws, but there's no made-up language in Jaws. I have Lord of the Rings. And here is that clip again from the end of the podcast. Congratulations, you've cracked the code. The answer to number 13 is Quest for Fire. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Well... All right. uh, The only person that I could tell who had the Eye of the Tiger who bothered to play it backwards was Strega. Hmm. So congratulations. (laughs) Nope. 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 Star Trek of some sort. Ooh, surprising miss. Sesame Street. Oh, was just on the podcast a little while ago. Was it? Oh yeah, those guys. God damn it. There's an easy one. That's an Ewok. 
Tara? I had Star Wars too. That is correct. But I thought it was Salacious Crumb. That's fine. You get the point for the property. Here we go. Megan Nemoc. The two of them finixa. Anton Verdant Monturt. This might be another one nobody this got. This is the one I thought was French. This is the one I just thought you just were <laughs> fucking with me and just put straight up French nope. in there. Nope. That's not French. Mm. Also, uh, but for French is a made up language. Just yeah, so that's <laughs> true. That's true. Well, yeah, sure. I just put Firefly. That was from Alien Nation. Oh. Alien Nation. Alien Nation. Yeah. Here's a giveaway. Do you want him to resign? Tell him this. If he goes voluntarily, we're confident the French proposal will be vetoed. Is this from the Day the Earth Stood Still remake? Shit! I was going to say, like, V. Question. What is happening in this scene? They're negotiating? With a real country? Someone's translating something? Is it Galaxy Quest? No, somebody. Shit. It's too serious for Galaxy Quest. Is it somebody, Alien Resurrection? Is, it, is no. it the event? No. Another word for translating? Oh, no, I'm I surprised. Know. I thought this was giving me. That is from the interpreter. Oh, the of false, course. Oh, there was a they fake made up a language. Or whatever the fuck it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh my God. I wow. Was, I thought it was Sigourney Weaver. No, that was I Nicole thought it was Kidman. Sigourney Weaver for a second, and then and I thought it was And I know she's Jerry not Jones. in the days of the Earth. All right, still, but then last I score it. break. We're into the uh, last four questions. I think we're tied. Six? Six, six. Six, six. Oh, oh my God. Oh, guys, whoops. If there's a... A tie. I don't know what's going to happen, guys, because this is a set game. Because we're out of length. Miss Fish wins. All right, here we go. Joe? Futurama, I don't know. Clash of the Titans? Wow, Futurama was such a good guess. Really? Because... It sounded like Mom a little this bit. This is from Star Trek, and Futurama did almost the exact same sort really? of voice. That is the Vulcan High Priestess uh, before the big uh, Kirk Spock kind of, oh, you know, that kind shit. of battle oh, and wow. all that jazz. Yeah, Yeah. all right. All right. Last two. Verona. Nick Toe. Uh, this is an easy one. This is the Daily or Sicily original. Oh, was it? I said Star Trek. Uh, all right, second so I'm last. down one with two questions to go. I'm just showing you my score. Oh, okay. um, oh. oh, this is mine. I had nothing. <laughs> Pee Wee's Playhouse. Pee Wee's Playhouse. That was Jombie. Okay. All right, well, I guess that settles the game, but let's do yeah. the last one. I guess that's what I had too. <laughs> Total guess. That was nice. either either Elvish or Elvin. Elvish. I don't know which one it is. You it nerds was can... Elvish. Okay, Elvish. All right. Well, Here we uh... are. The first round of our new season goes to Tara. 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 Thanks, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Misfishian effort on yes. both your parts. <laughs> well, that's it for another episode of Extra Hot Great Guys. After our out-of-town break, we got back to work with a look at the excellent season four premiere of Breaking Bad, and we inducted Seinfeld's The Hamptons into the canon. We crowned winners and losers of the week, ran down the rest of the week, and Tara took the first game of the season. Comment on our site, Facebook or Twitter, and send your own canon submissions or other audio delights our way. Everything you need to know is on our site at extrahotgreat.com. Remember, we're listening. <laughs> I am David T. Cole on behalf of Tara Ariano, Miss Fish, and Joe Reed. Bucket of hair. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see you next week right here on Extra Hot Great. What's the deal with that? (laughs) 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 Sidhu Buset? Oh, weak. Weak.